The boys are back and they are buzzing. How was Lambo, my guy? Fantastic. Came away with a W, all you can ask for. Hopefully I'll be back in a few weeks for uh, you know, maybe a divisional round game. Oh wow. I heard you got pretty sauced up, ate too That's much, drank true. too much. I think I think the best I did holidays. Eat too much. The best holidays. Eat too much, drink too much. Do it as much as you can. I think those the holidays. Not the eat too much part, though. The eat too much part, you can it can ruin your day. Would you, you have? go really quickly? And I did eat too much. I had just about everything. Um, <laughs> I was going to save one of the items for the cake of pants segment, but it was all very good. Wow, me that and good. George Chahuri, who is the VP of Consumer or General Manager of Consumer here at PFF, had our second Christmas together. Did not go back with the fam. Made a shallot and anchovy pasta, cacio e pepe, and had a fillet. Anchovy. It was fine. Dude, I will make this pasta for you. It was fine. Absolutely fine. Catch an early buzz where I want to start not on the shout anchovy pasta. It is the playoff standings. Just got to get a lay of the land, right? Let's start with the AFC. Right now, firm control of the one seed are the Kansas City Chiefs at 11 and 4. No chance they really – obviously, they have to win out to, like, really secure it. I just don't know if I see – right now, the Titans are the two seed at 10 and 5. Bengals, hot, lava – Nine and six, Bills nine and six, and Colts nine and six, and Patriots nine and six. All technically only two games back from that. If the Chiefs fall out, do you see the Chiefs falling out of that one seed? Though, so it's the Bengals game next week. Yeah, that, that's going to be it. And obviously, is he here in Cincinnati? Going to be an electric atmosphere. It's a one o'clock. It's a one o'clock game. Shouldn't it's that a, be moved? I know it should be moved, but it's still. Uh, I mean, they'll be favored, I believe. I don't know the lines already, but like they should win that game against the Bengals. But the Bengals are hot, man. I don't know. I don't know. They are hot. I'm interested. I'm going to fade the Bengals hard. Because I know you will. I, I need to in order for them to win. Right yeah. now, the Bengals are five-and-a-half-point dogs. I think it opened at three-and-a-half, and it's being moved out to five-and-a-half people betting the Chiefs. I think I don't bet Bengals. I know we're not on the betting preview pod yet. I don't think I bet Bengals until it gets to seven, seven-and-a-half. I mean, because the Chiefs – Chiefs are hot as well, and as good as Joe Burrow was, and I want to save some of my praise for Zach Taylor and the Bengals for when we review that game. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs, one of the hottest teams in the NFL, and they have obviously yeah. the better quarterback. Other other spots here, Bengals in a comfortable spot in the AFC North. Titans, Colts, duking it out for the AFC South crown. Titans the two seed right now, 10-5. and five. Colts are 9-6. and six. Patriots fall from grace. How much should you be buying this Patriots fall right now? Is it are they, are they were they frauds the entire time? Were they all based you know because everyone's like oh Mac Jones hit this is a hit rookie playing well he has not played well of late. Are you fading the Patriots down the stretch or is that recency bias? I'm not fading the Patriots. It's just they have to play with the lead. Like it, Mac Jones kind of said it all year. He had been I don't want to say living on borrowed time, but he had been in a cushy situation. When you yeah. have the lead, when you can get four yards per carry on first and second down pretty regularly with your running game, it takes a lot of the pressure off you. And when you can play with leads, it takes a lot of the pressure off you. Past couple weeks, not been the case. So I, I'm not selling them by any means, but I kind of always said with Mac Jones, it's going to be difficult to win with just defense come playoff time. So that's kind of where they stand right now. They're obviously not in danger of missing the playoffs. You have the Jags next week. That should get them it's the get right game get them back on track <laughs> but that they think i'm pretty sure they'll end up being one of the wild cards at this point now ravens 
currently slotted in the seventh spot. Eight that's seven. a scary one. That's, that's the scary. one that's that's going fast. Down Ravens down. are going down in a hurry. Josh Johnson played football for the Ravens this past week, and the Bengals beat the hell out of that team. But on the bubble right now, missing the playoffs, which I think the this would suck if they missed the playoffs. The Chargers. Yeah. Chargers take a fat L against Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. Like a bad loss. A very bad loss against the Houston Texans this past week. On the road, yes, but still a bad loss. They're eight and seven. The Raiders coming off a narrow win over Drew Locke are eight and seven. And the Dolphins play tonight. We're recording this at two forty six on Monday against the Saints. If they win, they improve to eight and seven. Hotly contested seven seed in the AFC. I hope the Chargers get that one. I think the Chargers if the Chargers don't make the playoffs, I'd be pretty pissed. I think it should be it should be Chiefs, Titans, Bengals, Bills, Colts, Patriots, and Chargers. I think that is the yeah, for, most deserving team. For, for entertainment level, probably. I will also say, though, Dolphins have been playing good football of late. They would be an entertaining team to watch in the playoffs as well. So I think uh, for that seven seed, I think the Patriots, Colts, you can put them pretty much in, you know, dark pencil at this point. It's going to be difficult to erase. Shall, shall they not make the playoffs? But the, but the Dolphins, Chargers is the – Two, I'd say, duke it out for that last spot. Meanwhile, Steelers, Browns, Broncos all take losses in Week 16. They are not mathematically eliminated, but it's over. I I don't think so. Uh, I actually think the Browns have a good show. So, basically, the Browns kind of still control their own destiny to a degree. Really? With the Bengals playing the Chiefs, which you would – I mean, you just – it's going to be unlikely the Bengals to win that game. And the Browns, Week 17, playing the Bengals. So, like, they can get right back in and win the division should they win the next two weeks. So, they're not completely done. But they have the Steelers this week. Whoever wins that game has a, I'll just say, an okay shot of still getting the division. That would be, I think Bengals got to hold on here. Bengals got to find a way. Find a way, hometown Bengals. NFC. Packers in the one seed. For now. Cowboys looking hot, beating up a COVID-ridden, Heineke-led football team at 11-4. and They are the two seed. Rams are also 11-4. They are the three seed. Bucks are 11-4. They are the four seed. And then the Arizona Fraudnals, 10-5, currently like, the five that's seed. A, it's like a Skip Baylessism, calling them the Arizona Fraudnals. That's... <laughs> I came up with it before the pod. Do you like it? I surprised you with it. It's, it's a Bayless. I, I do like I'd it. I'd be honored still... to be compared to Bayless. Mm-hmm. I could do the little stand-up where he shows his shoes. Those Breathe. picks are can't incredible. Lo- can't lose in these shoes. Can't lose in these shoes. You the Arizona Fraudnals with the five seed. After every bad Cowboys game, though, you got to have a whole litany of Dak jerseys you're ready to throw away in the garbage can. Then at six, the 49ers at eight and seven. The Eagles at eight and seven, currently the seventh seed. Then on the bubble, Saints play tonight. They play the Dolphins. They're seven and seven. That would be massive. Vikings also on the bubble, taking a loss to the Rams. They're seven and eight. Falcons still technically involved, not mathematically eliminated at seven and eight. And Washington six and nine still technically could make the postseason, but looking unlikely for them. Your reactions to the NFC playoff picture? Yeah, I, it's this one's far less intriguing to me because I think whoever gets the final two wild card spots and the 49ers with that loss on Thursday night are in danger of missing the playoffs now after that. I think the Eagles have a nice road in to make the playoffs. I think they'll be one of them. Uh, but whoever does, I, I don't think is going to be a serious contender. Like I, I could see, you know, if the Chargers sneak in the AFC, making some noise, getting to maybe the AFC championship game. I don't, I don't foresee that being the case for whoever is the 6-7 in the NFC. I think an interesting bet, and you hit on it. I was ready to call the Browns dead, but Bengals 
favor not favored. They're they're expected to lose against the Kansas City Chiefs at home. Yeah. Right? They're five and a half point dogs. Then it's Browns, Bengals, and is that in Cleveland? Yes. In Cleveland. Right now you can bet Browns plus four fifty to go to the playoffs. A lot has to go right, obviously. Who do the Browns yeah. play next week? Play the Steelers. So they kind of control just, not as I say they don't control it because obviously the Bengals play this week. And if they win, they, it's over. They wrap it up. But the Browns have are, are not eliminated as much as, as down bad as they have been after those two ugly two close losses the past two weeks. They still have a chance. Shall we get to the NFL slate? The week sixteen slate. Yes, please. Starting with Niners Titans. Titans are three and a half point dogs at home, and my God, did Jimmy G play like shit? Jimmy G, the last thing Jimmy G needed was to play this badly in an island game because he was playing well. Mm-hmm. He was playing well. People were excited. I said down the show, second in EPA per play, size CPOE composite behind Aaron Rodgers over the course of the season. He's playing well, getting it to his playmakers. I picked them to win. I picked them to cover. They don't. Jimmy G looks horrendous, one of the worst games he's had this season. And is that reason for worry with the 49ers postseason? Or is it yes. like just, hey, he's bound for one bad game, right? Because you look at his past. He has not had a grade below 69 over the past like six, seven weeks. And then this past week, obviously, a 56.6 PFF grade did not look good in this game. Multiple turnover-worthy plays. This is the Jimmy G that keeps you from winning deep in the postseason. This is the Jimmy G. This is the reason they traded two first-round picks to go up and grab Trey Lance. Because mm-hmm. they know this Jimmy G happens. This Jimmy G sometimes can show up. And now the 49ers, who kind of just broke down playoff standings, they can win out and still miss the playoffs. They can win their next two games, and if the Saints and the Eagles also win their next two games, they will be SOL sitting at home come playoff time. So that was a big loss. And that was one of those games where midway through the second quarter, you're looking at it and just feel-wise, like how lopsided the game was, it should have been like 21 to nothing. Yeah, yeah. Like midway through the second quarter, I'm like, this is not even a contest. And it was still 7-0 until they kick a field goal with like eight minutes left. And still even go into halftime, doesn't feel like a close game, but it's only 10-0. And that was kind of the, the – that's where they screwed up. That's where the 49ers screwed up was not capitalizing early on when they could have just put the Titans away, let them creep back in. And then, like you said, Jimmy G down the stretch is not the guy who can go above and beyond. Not the guy who can go out and win you a game. So, sadly, Titans, Titans basically have their M.O. of just eking by the skin of their teeth, winning games that no one really expects them to, and still very much in play for the one seed in the AFC. Holy shit. Jimmy G, zero big-time throws in this game, three turnover-worthy plays, tied for the most he's had in a single game this year. He only has nine big-time throws on the season. For those who don't listen to PFF podcasts or read PFF a ton, big-time throws are the highly graded throws in PFF system. Every single throw is graded from negative two to positive two. Every big-time throw is a throw graded at one, 1.5, or two. Jimmy G not having that high end. These are downfield, accurate throws that lead to big-time plays. Jimmy G hasn't had that, has leaned so much on yards after the catch all season long. It's why, even though he's graded well, he hasn't graded exceptional, right? No games over 83.0 or one game over 83.0 this season. These are the stinkers that you want to avoid in San Francisco. It's why Trey Lance obviously is the future at the position. Some of that, though, I will say is still that's like Shanahan's offense is not reliant on forcing a quarterback into having to really put it all on his shoulder to like make those throws on the football field. So he's not even attempting a lot of throws that could quote-unquote end up in big-time big time throws. throws. You go back to Matt Ryan's MVP season, he only had 29 big-time throws. That was, I think, like the seventh most he's had in any single season of his career. Oh wow! So it's like 
that's why everyone's like, oh, everyone. That's why Cal Shanahan gets the reputation that he does is because the quarterback friendliness. You can still lead the NFL in your yards per attempt. You have a, you have Nick Mullins out there setting records for yards per attempt through you know his first hundred passes when those guys are objectively mid-range quarterbacks. Even in that 2019 season, Jimmy Garoppolo only had 15 big-time throws. Yeah, so I'm saying it's the 15 big-time throws and 22 turnover-worthy plays in that season. Obviously, falls short, uh, roughly an Emmanuel Sanders throw short of being the Kansas City Chiefs in that Super Bowl. Through long, through long, through yeah. long, which you hate to see. How how much are you are you backing the Titans more than you were? I still don't. I'm not buying this recency bias of a win of the 49ers. I still feel that the Titans, a healthy AJ Brown showed up. Right, he was the highest graded player in this game. He was fucking awesome in this game. But I will they say, need more. Healthy AJ Brown, healthy Julio Jones. If they, it's a big if, you know, with yeah, the yeah. way the season's gone. But healthy AJ Brown, healthy Julio Jones, they're dangerous. They're still dangerous because they can put up points because that's explosive plays right there. And Ryan Tannehill is an accurate downfield passer. That guy for as weird a career as he has had he has always had an arm to attack down the football field so I, I do think that they're a team that can still win come postseason the defense is very very much improved very much exceeded expectations i had for them going into this year uh, so this is shit as much a contender as anyone after the chiefs at this point in the afc wow that are you serious I think so. And I mean, you're putting them on the same plane as some of these other AFC? I think Bills by a mile. No. Bills are so hot and cold. I mean, not that the Titans aren't either, but like they're, that's why I see them in a similar tier of like being able to run three games in the playoffs. I guess maybe maybe I can talk myself into it. Like you said, like healthy A.J. Brown, healthy Julio Jones. I think I have this bad taste in my mouth that those guys aren't ever healthy. I was going to say, because you, you just see the games against the Jets, and it's like, wow, how the fuck did they lose against the Jets? Well, yeah. they didn't have their top two wide receivers. True, you know, true. like that's, that's a and big D-Hen. reason why. Packers. He has a terrible nickname. You don't like Dehen? No. Derrick Henry? What do you call him? D? I call him Derrick Henry. Oh, fair. (laughs) Packers, Browns. This game shouldn't be as close as the final score. Can't believe the Browns. But holds a little tight second half. I can't believe, you know, the Browns can't come back in this one, even with Baker Mayfield throwing, what, four picks? Four picks. Three in the first half. It was oh, yeah. horrendous. Packers win 24-22. They were favored by seven at home. I tried to start a Baker sucks chant in my section. Did you really? Not a lot of catch on. My section was pretty tame, though. I was, like, upset. I was trying to get him riled up. You know, you've been at a game with me. I pretty much screamed the entire time yeah. that the opposing team's on offense. Um, didn't didn't get really a lot. help didn't against get, Cincy. Didn't fuel it. Didn't fuel a ton. Yeah, we get that. I, we don't have to revisit that. But it worked in this one because Packers take the W. Packers. And that, I pretty much like what I said on the show prior. I was like, they're not going to be able to stop this run game. Mm-hmm. And it, with the offensive line back healthy, I don't think the Packers going to be able to stop it. But I also don't think it matters. Uh, I know they're not going to be able to block Miles Garrett, but I also don't think it matters because Aaron Rodgers is just like on his, in his own world right now. Miles Garrett was also banged up, though, right? Like he was hurt, like fought to yes. play in this game. I think you saw him playing hurt my bigger reaction was they had no one that could cover Devonte adams and the game plan to cover oh, Devonte adams so was horrendous yeah when we i was watching with george obviously christmas day and we were like why is mj stewart lined up in the slot one-on-one with Devonte adams he's just gonna throw it and then they do and they're just a fucking pit it's a touchdown like it didn't make any sense why they were putting him in one-on-one coverages with bad corners like greedy williams got torched remember the one against richard LeCount? Yeah. Where he just gets like wide open and one on one. What were the Browns doing? That made no sense to me. I didn't. I didn't hate it. <laughs> no, it really didn't. They, they have didn't one, have a game like, plan. They have one elite yeah. receiver. They didn't have a game plan, and they and they didn't like. 
and they're coming up and really trying to get in their faces of these receivers. And, and I get that, but you don't you don't have the guys to play that kind of coverage. And then when you don't, guys are open quick. And like Rodgers' time to throw in this game was 2.26 seconds on 34 dropbacks. That's insanely Well, quick. they were getting open quick. You basically <laughs> just needed to play any sort of coverage to, I mean, make Aaron Rodgers hold the ball at all because your defense line was going to get home if Aaron Rodgers was going to have to hold the ball in the pocket. And they didn't. They just Aaron Rodgers was just first read, bang, first read, bang. And they were always open. Yeah. The, the only thing that saved them was that, I mean, LaFleur kind of went into a shell of really running the ball in the second half because uh, Yosh Nyman got hurt, and he was afraid of that. But I'm not even sure. Like, I could have been out there playing left tackle for about half those pass attempts, and it just wouldn't have mattered because yeah. the ball was out. The, the drop from Adams when they were playing, I think, two-man, and mm. it kind of he fit it right into the honey hole. That release, he put, I think it was Greedy Williams, in an absolute blender. Yeah. It looked like it was fucking playing cover two. Two-man and just got absolutely cooked. Yeah. And then Rodgers put it on a fucking rope, and then Adams <sighs> obviously dropped it. But that that Devonte Adams game was a clinic. Go back and watch that tape on the All Twenty Two. He it's was tough. cooking every single player in a Browns jersey in that one. Colts Cardinals, Cardinals favored by half point. The Red Sea, the Arizona Fraudinals, they lose twenty two sixteen against a COVID ridden Colts team. I know. And like everyone's like, oh, like they stopped Jonathan Taylor. They had four backup offensive linemen. The only starter was Braden Smith. And Braden Smith's been hurt for a lot of the season. Like, he's still coming back. Yeah. They, I think the, the broadcast had the report that this is the most Jonathan Taylor has been stopped at or behind the line of scrimmage in any single game this year. Well, yeah, he was running behind legitimately a, a makeshift practice squad yeah, offensive four, line. four starters out. Um, and this for – if you're a Colts fan, I think it's the most – and just like me as an outside observer, this is the most impressed I've been with Colts all season. Because of that, because I was always saying, you know, early on in the season, they look like a different team when the offensive line wasn't healthy. Once the offensive line got healthy, I mean, like, that's one of the things it's like you can't always rely on that necessarily being the case week in and week out. And wasn't the case. Carson Wentz still looked good. Jonathan Taylor still able to overcome it. I, I think that has to be the most encouraged you are. And you still beat a quality team in the Cardinals as much as you want to call them the Fraudinals, which still doesn't like. <laughs> Grammatically or, or like syllabically. Shut up. Sy- syllabically? Syllabically? You really need hit. to stop. doesn't quite hit perfectly, but we can we can run with the fraudinals. But I did have to crack up <laughs> because early on in the game, Antron Wesley had that touchdown. Yeah. After I just like railed on him the whole – but, I mean, he ends up like 29 yards on two catches. So still an issue. I mean, that but, was also an absolute cedar lake from fucking Kyler. Like, yeah. he dropped it in a bucket. Like, Antoine Wesley created a little separation, got open deep, but still, like, it was a perfect throw from yeah. Kyler. Kyler had a handful of, like, really nice throws in this game. I think he had, like, three big-time throws. Like, he yeah. was putting it on the money, but, like, offensive line was getting bullied. They couldn't run the football. I mean, it was just still – they can't – none of the receivers can really create separation. Like, A.J. Green luckily got one. That was another nice throw from Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Wesley had that touchdown. But outside of that, like, it was – rare to see this offense actually clicking downfield and when you lean on like that horizontal raid and they're hitting everything underneath Colts just ate him up even flew in his bag again I will say this was like one of the best games Josh Jones had played except for everyone got to hear his name because he got like three false start penalties what the hell was he doing he was actually like one of the best games he's played in pass protection all year long 85.2 pass blocking grade it was a career high and then he gets three false. Oh, and then you also Josh had the Jones. center, the backup center for Rodney Hudson Garcia, who like botched like six yes. snaps in that game. Dude, they looked yeah, that, including the safety that like was a big turner for that one. I I wanted to add. What's up on. with the Cardinals late season though? They did the exact same thing last year, where they just turned down starts up last down. six weeks. I know I know where you want to go with it, but it's weird. Like it is an interesting. There's something 
there. It's not. This can't be a coincidence because they've had a significant offensive downturn back-to-back seasons. Do defenses catch up to this offense? Do, Kyler Murray apparently is also playing like banged up, and then you also have obviously the injury to DeAndre Hopkins. Is it injuries? I, I think it starts up top. I think I Cliff you. again, you know, not pulling through. Now I, I think uh, <laughs> I was listening. There's, to the, it has to be something to that, though. I mean, yeah, I was listening to the part of my take podcast. I think they dropped a line that he does a better job snorting coke than coaching on the sideline. Can you imagine if we drop lines like that on the show? I don't know how they get away with it. They're just like, yeah, fuck it. We'll say that. I mean, we can't say that. But maybe I it's mean, true. we could. Well, what's 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 it going to happen? The Arizona Cardinals pay us money. Okay, that's what's happen <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals. Literally, like, I think Cliff Kingsbury signs those checks. Okay, I didn't <laughs> think Cliff that Kingsbury part legitimately says, "Yeah, I want PFF," and says, "I'll pay X amount of money to subscribe." We can't be like, yeah, Cliff, he stink, he snokes court, snokes court, snorts coke. I mean, whatever. Um, I wanted to add one thing on Carson Wentz. I've been beating up on the Colts all year. I've been a Colts hater. Yeah. One, you said Jonathan Taylor overcame it. He didn't. He had that one big run and then averaged like two yards a carry. That's not that's not a well, problem. For over 100. He had like three big runs. I know, but he had, he had, no, he didn't have three big runs. He had like the 43-yarder and then like averaged like two yards after that. Regardless, Jonathan Taylor, not his fault. He was playing behind a makeshift offensive line. Carson Wentz, though, this is all they need Carson Wentz to be. And they even had – Frank Reich even said it. He just needs to show up in these clutch moments. And that's volatile and that's not sustainable. But, like, you can strike lightning in a bottle with Wentz. That last fourth down throw, or was it third down, to the back of the end zone to – who was that? I think it was, like, oh, the, or whatever. Like, that no, was it sick. Doing. It was, yeah. That was probably Desmond one of the Patton. best throws all season. Desmond, Desmond Patton. Patton. Like, that's what Wentz needs to be. Wentz can be shit, shit, shit. But if he can put together one drive when you need him, yeah. under pressure, scrambling, that's when, he, that's when he shows up. And I think the Colts are legit if they can get that one drive from him per game. Like, mm-hmm. one or two drives like that, they can win because they have Jonathan Taylor. And if this offensive line gets back healthy, they are dangerous. And this defense with Eberflus is money in the bank. Before we get to Lions at Falcons, Proud sponsor of the Tailgate Podcast is X-Chair. Working from home is more important now than ever. Optimize your home office with an X-Chair and many of our accessories to enhance your focus, productivity, energy, and comfort. Once you feel the customized support of X-Chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar, there's no going back. Literally no going back. It's all in the LMX massage and temperature regulation, exclusively designed and made for X-Chair, reversal comfort, and extraordinary design. X-Chair fits any space. Go to xchairtailgate.com. That's the letter X, chair, T-A-I-L-G-A-T-E dot com or call one eight four 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 no one eight four 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 X Chair for one hundred dollars off your first order. X Chair has a thirty day guarantee of complete comfort and you can finance your purchase for as little as thirty dollars a month. XChairtailgate.com. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. Spend money on your office chair. Okay. If you're sitting there all day working from home like a piece of shit, you might as well be doing it in style. X Chair is your way to go. How much do you like your X Chair at home? I love it. Do you ever let any friends sit in it or like girlfriends? No, no one else gets sit in it. Regan's like, sit in it. My dog Tinder? used to get like, sit in it. Have you been like sending messages on Tinder like, hey, I have an X chair? It's all in the L- dynamic variable. <laughs> the OS. No, not yet. Not yet. Try it. With that. Try it. It hasn't worked for me, but try it. <laughs> um, let's jump now. Lions, uh, Falcons, Lions. Lions in Atlanta. Falcons were favored by five and a half. And guess what? Coach of the year candidate, Dan Campbell, covers again. He's a cover machine. They are a cover machine. Absolute cover machine. Going for it late to freaking keep this game in it. Falcons only win 20-16. to 16. I, am, I am stoked on Dan Campbell in the future of the Detroit Lions. He has created buy-in when you don't have the number one thing that drives buy-in. It's wins. 
He has an energy there that's cooking, and he's suffered injuries. Like he yeah. is, Tim Boyle Tim started Boyle in this started, game. Yeah. Tim Boyle started in this game. He's still going for it late on fourth downs. Amon Ross St. Brown showing up again. This was this was an impressive win. I'm focusing on the Lions because they are you know they're kind of like the redheaded stepchild. They you know they haven't won a ton of games this year. I'm giving them a lot of love, but also Atlanta coming up with a win. Kyle Pitts show has like what. Over 60 receptions, first time a tight end has done that since Evan Ingram. Jeremy Shockey, I think what the broadcast said, he has had a phenomenal season, probably the only other highlight in this game. Yeah, the Lions just need to find talent now. Shit, like it's – the path is in front of you. We talked about it on – what was it, the mailbag show, about how they're, they're set, situated all right in the, in the NFC North. They could make a rise here in the next two years, but it's going to come down to talent evaluation, drafting well, yeah. signing guys well. So – other side of the ball, though, man, Kyle Pitts, 102 yards, second most receiving yards now ever for a rookie tight end, 949, and it almost feels like disappointing rookie season, which is insane to say. Second best t- season ever from a rookie tight end, and it almost feels like, oh, man, he's not quite – like it just doesn't quite feel as impressive as we thought it would. And he's within 120 yards of breaking the rookie NFL record. Like he – one more game like that, and he breaks the NFL record. So – wow. I uh, I have to say I, I I think the Falcons. I don't want to say 100% made the right decision between Pitts, Chase, Sewell, whatever, but they didn't make the wrong decision. Pitts going to be a monster for years to come. With the Detroit Lions, I think they enter next offseason 14th in total cap space because they still have you know 25% of it is allotted to Jared Goff. No, yeah. 26% to Jared Goff and Trey Flowers alone. Then you throw in Romeo Quara, that's over 35% of their – or Taylor Decker and Romeo Quara is over 40% of their cap. They still have, have to some think Trey Flowers shit. will be – could be on the outs with that. The golf contract, number. too, is just – I mean, it's why they got the hole that they did, right? Everyone's yeah. like, two, you know, two first-round picks for Stafford, let's go. It's more like, dude, you're taking on that freaking monster. Yeah. $30.5 million in dead cap for a quarterback that's like a fringe top 30 player yeah. at his position. Yikes. Which is why I think it, it makes a lot of sense. It was a smart rebuild, though. But, I'm not saying it was a bad decision, but they're going to have to wear that one. But why I think they have to draft a quarterback at some point next year. Not with the first pick, necessarily. But at some point, you got to go throw a dart at a QB because Goff's on your roster next year, whether you like it or not. Yeah, for a big number. Bucks Panthers. This was the bludgeoning. God, it's hard to watch Panthers football right now. Matt Rule came out after this game and said like it's working, right? Like he's like he likes the two QB approach. He liked how he had Cam Newton and Sam Darnold like splitting reps in this game. This was a disaster, bro. This was gross. The Bucks aren't even full strength. They have injuries across the board. Keyshawn Vaughn looked good in this game. He hasn't looked good since he got drafted at Vandy. Bucks win 32-6, favored by 11 on the road. Antonio Brown, though, getting him back with, with obviously Godwin and Evans out, this is huge because Antonio Brown's still like a number one receiver in the NFL. He's still fucking good. I, where would you put Antonio Brown right now? Top 15? Shit. Top, yeah, at that's least always, top 15, tough right? Argument. I would put top 15. There would be hard-pressed to find 15 receivers you'd rather have than Antonio Brown for a game. Yeah. Right? Obviously, the future of the position, if you're talking about seasons or contract or whatever, but like for a game, Antonio Brown is cooking kids right now. Yeah, he's probably top 15. You got – should we go through all of them? Let's do should it. Should we go through top 15 real quick? Do it. Cooper Cup, Justin yes. Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill. Those are your top five in terms of receiving yards in the NFL. All I'm pretty safely taking over Antonio Brown. So there's five. I'd also think Stefan Diggs at this point in his career, you're taking over him. Um, Chase? Jamar Chase, possibly. Uh, Deontay Johnson, maybe. Deontay Johnson, probably not, I'd say. 
Chris Godwin, possibly. Like, yeah, he's—he's. He's, I'd say he's top fifteen. Could he's you got guys top like 10. Michael Thomas he, he, out. You could sneak who, him into this top ten. I I call Jalen Waddle top fifteen, so I'd probably put Antonio Brown top fifteen wide receiver. I take him over Lockett. Terry McLaurin, I'd probably take over Antonio Brown at this point, but I'll say this: yeah. I'll take T. Higgins yeah, over Antonio 15. Brown just to preview 15. my Bengals takes. I got some big T. Higgins takes. All right, Bucks Panthers though, thirty-two-six. It was a bludgeoning. Antonio Brown looks good. The Panthers are in absolute disarray. You know, as yeah. much as you hate talking about, I think we're going to start to have to highlight these things that I keep bringing up. But you never want to talk about Jalen Hurts and if he's the future of the Eagles. But I think we need to also stop talking about like what the hell do the Panthers do at quarterback because this is just it's just they're just screwed. Mm-hmm. They, they're already committed to Sam Darnold. They're probably not bringing Cam Newton back. And I think they're already pot committed to Matt Rule. They're in a tough situation, man. Like I think they need to be in this tanking Detroit Lions mindset for 2022 if they want if they want the fastest path to a Super Bowl. Trying to trying to makeshift this or patch it up with Darnold under center or this two QB three QB approach from Rule just ain't it. Yeah, I honestly don't even want to talk about the Panthers. They're just fucked. They're like they're just screwed. They're, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I you're tell. SOL. The Bucks though, on the other hand, they need to put some of their dudes in plastic wrap, bubble wrap. Shaq Barrett comes out of this game with with a sprained MCL and a sprained ACL. Expected to miss the rest of the regular season. Now that's only two weeks, so saying the rest of the regular season doesn't quite hit as much as it does early on. But still, a sprained MCL. And a sprained ACL does not seem like a minor injury. That's just like, hey, we'll be back. They they need to. I mean, you got the Jets coming up. You got the Panthers coming up. I believe that's the last one. You got those two left in your schedule. I would think about giving some dudes some rest because you're really not in position for the one seed. You need basically the pack. You need the Packers to lose their next two games for you to even get the one seed at this point. So you're not getting the one seed. You know, like you're not in one seed contention right now. If you're the, the road to the Super Bowl so, in the NFC goes through Lambeau. Well, I mean, it could, if it's either Green Bay or Dallas, is like what it's going to be. The the Bucks are just not in contention for the one seed anymore. At that point, I would think about resting some starters in second halves of games, just to because you suffered so many Avoid injuries. Disaster, yeah, you, yeah. you suffered so many injuries the past two weeks. You cannot. Dude, Antonio Brown in. goes down. You're screwed. Yeah, the so, top ten receiver in the NFL, according to Mike Renner. Ravens-Bengals. This game was hot. I doubted the Bengals again. Now, I will say this. I doubted them when I thought Huntley was playing. Huntley, I think, maybe keeps this game close. But I, I, was, I read this wrong. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. I can, I, can I look at the camera here? Quinn, are you ready for this? Zach Taylor threw on 70% of early downs in this game. The <laughs> highest he's ever done in Joe Burrow's career by 10%. I'm going to come. He showed up. He showed up and said, I'm going to use my best player against a bad fucking football team and dump truck him. And he did. 525 yards. The most passing yards the Ravens team has ever allowed to a single quarterback. One of the highest in Bengals history. I, mean, I think it was just a single game record for Bengals history. All he had yeah, to do was, was throw the, it. It was the, like the fourth most all time. <laughs> oh, really? Was it? Yeah. It was fourth most all time, and all he had to do was legitimately just press go. And obviously, okay, it's not that simple. The Ravens secondary was decimated, and they his, took some no. His, his play sheet just said go. Just, it was just go. a go button. Just go. Anyway, they throw on seventy percent of early downs, and they absolutely ruin the Baltimore Ravens at home. Joe Burrow looked phenomenal, and I'm willing to say this: Why not put Joe Burrow number two in the MVP race behind Aaron Rodgers? I think Aaron Rodgers should be the favorite. Let me read you the odds. Let me read you the odds. If I can find the odds, Aaron Rodgers is a favorite minus one seventy five. Jonathan Taylor is number two right now at plus six hundred, which is a joke. Tom Brady at plus seven fifty. Yeah, you could loop him in. Whatever. I'm still trying to get to Burrow. 
Josh Allen at plus 1,200, actually, okay, maybe you do put him ahead of Burrow. Then Mahomes, Prescott, I don't know, Cooper Cup, plus 1,800. Then you finally get to Joe Burrow at plus 3,500. If Joe Burrow plays Mahomes and wins, that number is going to change. 3,500 is not not what it's going to be. If he can come come out and pull off the upset against the Kansas City Chiefs, that number probably moves to top four, probably plus 1,000 or better. Joe Burrow for MVP. The guy's been phenomenal, and he's been held not just the MVP of this team. He's been held back by his own coach <laughs> and how this offense is structured. He finally throws on a high percentage of downs, which didn't even rank first on the week. It was like top eight, and he dominates. 525 on the day. That was wildly impressive from Joe Burrow, and tip your cap. Hang a fucking banner for Zach Taylor and that call sheet. Yeah, over the past five weeks, Joe Burrow, 91.9 passing grade, highest in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, 87.3. Third on that list is Calamari at 76.1. Joe Burrow's getting himself back in this MVP race. I think it's a little too little, too late, yeah. sadly. A lot not only him, but also. for the other guys. Yeah. Rodgers would have to fall off. Brady would have to maybe get hurt. Like, a lot would have to go wrong. But, yeah, he is playing good football, and that is why they are in the driver's seat of the ASC North. And I do not care how much it costs. I am taking every single free agent dollar I have this offseason to get an offensive line because this receiving core with a top 10 even, fringe top 10 offensive line, you can have the best offense in the NFL with how, with how many weapons are on this team right now. So that is what I'm doing. Quinn shot me a DM. Am I joining the jungle? I am. I'm joining the jungle. I'm officially joining the jungle. I never joined the Red Sea or Colts Nation or the Ravens flock. I'm in. I'm here. I'm here for the Cincy jungle. Finally, Zach Taylor achieves greatness. I want to also bring up T. Higgins in this game. A lot of people have had conversation about Jamar Chase. You know, he's been great. I think he ranks like top five Mm -hmm. or six in receiving yards. T. Higgins has been phenomenal for the Bengals this year. And over the past two seasons, he ranks sixth in yards per out run at outside receiver. Behind Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, and Stephon Diggs. Among all receivers at outside receiver. He has been nothing short of phenomenal. I think more people need to be talking about T. Higgins as a legit top 15. We keep leaning on this 15 number. Top 15, borderline top 12 receiver in the NFL. He has been really damn good. And now that he actually has a quarterback throwing the football on early downs, I mean, this is going to be this is going to be quite the treat in Cincy, man. They got a nice trio. If they can rebuild this offensive line, add some, just pay a shitload of money to back it up. This could be a legitimate Bengals team that runs the AFC North for a little bit. Now. Oh, okay, all right. Well, now you're like fucking. I'm in the jungle. From now, I'm, I'm jungle. in the jungle. I'm in the jungle. <laughs> I will say that. So I tweeted out a clip of uh, T. Higgins on Sunday, the whip route he had for the touchdown, and I was like, oh, this is impressive for. You know, six five wide receiver. Not many guys can do that. And people like got mad and maybe like he just had a great catch before that. Why didn't you highlight that? It's like that's what he should do. When you're six five wide receiver, you should like those contested catches are what you should do regularly. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of guys though, like T. Higgins, who are his size with that sort of catch radius, who can also separate one on one at the goal line like that on his own. Like guys get into when you're a skinny tall wide receiver, it's very easy for a defensive back for the most part, to get their hands on you. You just don't have the shiftiness to get off the line of scrimmage. T. Higgins does, though. That is why, shit, I was very, very sad when the Packers passed on him and Michael Pittman uh, for 
their boy Jordan. He's Love. a decent yak guy too. Like he can be yeah. used on the underneath stuff as well. So, T. Higgins legit, very so. much legit. Any comments on the Ravens side? Did you like Josh Johnson? Do you think he might have a future? I, I will say not, this isn't a Raven specific comment, but it is kind of shit that we're limping into the barn with so many teams addled with COVID, mm-hmm. and it's just you're not getting like it's diminishing the product in my opinion to not get to see these teams at full strength in your opinion i think that's everyone's fucking opinion okay well <laughs> it's diminishing the product that the best players are i mean playing. it's diminishing the product in a way that like is legitimately like i'd be pissed if i'm a ravens fan and i'm yeah, going out and obviously you're on your backup quarterback ready but a browns fan last week you're one of these fans of these teams and it's like you're getting fucked over by yeah. these regulations oh i mean i think everyone is upset i don't think anyone's not upset it's been putin Absolutely poop. And I think – so my thing is, it's like it's easy to be like, oh, he's overreacting. The Ravens were decimated by injuries. They started Josh Johnson. The bigger thing here is that they actually threw the ball. Like, they actually tried, right? Like, yeah. they were supposed to dump truck the Ravens. I'll tell you right now, they went into this game plan and did not step on throats. This game is not as you know much of a blow as it was, right? Like, he doesn't throw for 500-plus yeah. if they don't actually step on throats here. It's the first time we've seen it literally in the Burrow era that he's hit 70%. Mm. It was insane. All right, Chargers-Texans. What a game. Before we get to what Chargers Texans, it was it was gross. This this game, no one saw it coming. I want to talk though about something you should have seen coming. Elite up. If you are a fan of PFF, you're a fan of this podcast, and you want to put more money in Renner's pocket because you know he needs it. it. Doesn't come from a well off family. Go subscribe to PFF Elite using promo code Elite Up for fifty percent off an annual subscription. That means you can get the Elite subscription, the grades, the stats, all the article content, the draft guide, etc. For as little as $9 a month when you pay annually. annually. It's 100 bucks. It's money in the bank. You need to make a play. Grades and data are live. Every single player who logged a snap last week. What can you get? Locked content. Betting dashboards. Player props tool. Best bets tool. It's a Christmas gift. I know you got some cheddar from grandma. Go grab an Elite subscription. 50% off. Elite up. Entire year of Elite. 365 days. Make some freaking plays. Chargers. Lose as nine-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against Rex Burkhead, who led all players in rushing yards this past week, and the Houston Texans. Davis Mills also looked good. It was it was a rough game for the Chargers, and I think everyone's highlighted that the Chargers' run defense has been cheeks all year, as evidenced with the cherry on top that is Rex Burkhead and the Houston Texans running all over them. But I never thought it was this bad. Well, so here's the thing. This was, kind of has always been, a top-heavy defense. They rely on the fact that Joey Bosa gets pressure all by himself without any need for scheme, any whatever. He goes one-on-one. He's getting to the quarterbacks. He didn't play in this game. They rely on the fact that Derwin James is a Swiss Army knife in coverage to do whatever you ask for him and also add on and run support. He doesn't play in this game. You are starting Devontae Harris, who has been on three teams in three years as a former fifth-round pick, making his first start all year at cornerback. You were just down to your last breath, basically, on the defensive side of the ball. And so that's why the defense looked like absolute ass cheeks in this one. Absolute ass cheeks. And they did. I mean, Davis Mills had, Is he, had some, he made some awesome throws in this game. Yeah. Do not get me wrong. But he also, like, it was – he had a lot of layups. Like, he had a lot of layups in this game. And he played a lot better than I was expecting him to, even against, you know, a bad – a back a defense full of backups at this point. But – that was an impressive performance to Davis Mills. He legitimately outdueled Justin Herbert. Bills, if the Chargers miss the playoffs, before we get to Bills Patriots, if the Chargers miss the playoffs and the Dolphins too, 
where the Dolphins' right to pick two over Herbert. <laughs> that's all. That's all. That's all that matters. That's, that's game over that at that point. They made it right. Brandon no, Staley's I, a fraud. Justin Herbert's a fraud. This entire team stinks. Austin Eckler stinks. Everyone stinks. Tua, Dolphins for the win. Brian Flores. So, revisiting a take I had a few weeks back Uh-oh. about putting Kenneth Murray on wash. Uh, not wash watch. Uh, what are all the watches we do? Bus Whatever. watch. We bus put him on bus watch, officially. Second round pick. Second year player. First round pick last year out of Oklahoma linebacker. Since then, he's been playing edge rusher for them. They switched him to the edge. I haven't he has, seen that. He has one pressure on uh, 41 pass rushing snaps. It's time. over. That's like, that's the official, that's like the John Ross when they wanted to move him to cornerback. <laughs> if you got a guy moving positions who was a first-round pick, that's it. That's your... <laughs> he's barely playing snaps for this team. Yeah, he started as edge rusher today for them. He has nine a, pressures in his career. Pressure. Oh my goodness! That's a uh, that's a bad that's that's bad. It's Which not good. Bad. It's not good. Yeah, and this is not like a Michael Parsons move to edge either. <laughs> Shall we say a little, they, this one? It's a little, little different. Michael Parsons, by the way, tied with T.J. Watt to be the fa- as the favorite to win defense player of the year. Both are plus two hundred. Uh, Can you he's imagine? Got the that's why I put him on fucking also bus watch a few weeks back. A couple busties. But honestly, okay, we didn't get to that game. He is legitimately a top three defensive player in the NFL right now, I think. I think him, oh Aaron God. Donald, Miles Garrett, they just impact everything. Like, it's just every play, he can do something. And, it, and yeah, he's still, like, figuring some shit out. We'll get to that game, like I said. But, my God, he is capable of things that just, like, no other football players are. Which the is fake spin? Scary. Fake spin was st- Silly. So hot. Silly. <laughs> there are a few human beings that can ever do that. Yeah. And also an even smaller percentage that maybe they can, but even think they can pull it off. Exactly. And actually execute. I guess when you're blowing a team out, though, you gotta, you're in your bag a little bit. You can throw yeah, some you tricks out. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like, oh, I think I might give them with a fake spin this time. We're up yeah. 50. Uh, Bills Patriots. I did not expect this to be as lopsided as it was, but it really did put an exclamation point on just how bad Mac Jones has played of late and – I mean the roller coaster that is Josh Allen. When he hits the the right side here, when he when he plays well, his best games are awesome. And this game he was phenomenal. You could tell this Bills team entirely, offensively and defensively, playing with some extra juice in this one on the road in Foxborough. Patriots were favored by two and a half. Bills win 33-21. Josh Allen phenomenal. I thought Diggs played really well in this game. And then Mac Isaiah Jones, McKenzie. Coming Isaiah McKenzie too. too. Filling in for Cole Beasley. Beasley out with COVID. And but. defensively, though, got after this offensive line. They couldn't run the football. Mac Jones yeah. was struggling to find open windows. This was a Bills team, like I said, when they were 7-5 and five and on the bubble of making the playoffs. This team is comfortably in Tier 2 behind the Kansas City Chiefs, if not the front runner. Like I think they might be the second-best team in the AFC. I Actually, I'll say it right now. Quote graphic this. Oh. Bills are the best team in the AFC. Second-best team in the AFC. <laughs> Quote graphic the, the first one. Uh, I... The Bill, no, I, I, I think they've been the Bills Jekyll are the second best team in the AFC, and, and it's because of their offensive. Like they survived this one because Josh Allen broke pockets. He found guys, you know, like that. That isn't always and hasn't always been the case because the offensive line is still a massive issue. Like a lot of his big plays came on broken plays yet again in this one, and it's like they've they live and die by that just a little too much again because of how bad that offensive line is. But I did have to laugh after this game because they went four fourth downs in this game eight times, seven of eight on fourth down these two teams before the very last play of the game where Mac Jones throws like Hail Mary. 
that seven of eight on like actual going fourth downs. No one's going to talk about it. No one's going to talk about did they make the right decisions, analytics, whatever. Should these coaches be fired because they went for it so much on fourth down? The Bills on that last drive, scoring drive, put the game away, go for it on fourth down when they could have kicked the field goal. Literally win the game because of that. No one's going to talk about it because it didn't fail. And that's why that's why over the course of time it bears out in your favor more trusting the analytics is the whole point of it and not to get not to overreact to public perception of your moves so good on the bills for doing so coming away with the win but i do think in this game mac jones finally got to see kind of how the other half lives about how how uh you know how zach wilson's been been treated all year long how trevor lawrence gets treated most of his outings like he didn't have a ton of help and that's just sometimes what's going to be in the NFL. And the public perception got after him, man. They're like, Mac Jones stinks. He's he doesn't like, stink. But, I mean, the, he's just, just got to see how the other half lives. Rookies, rookie perception yeah. swings, dude. It swings with the trees, man. It, I don't even it's know if it's biz. a thing. It's the biz we're in. I, just the biz. I, try to avoid, I mean, I try to avoid it here as much as possible, but it's difficult not to. I mean, like, every new game is new information. And only it should change your perception. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's such a small... Yeah, so it's not like the NBA, right? You react to one game in the NBA, you're dumb. Like, I mean, there's so much that can happen. But it's I mean, just it's that's what you always want to see when it's. I, go, I always go back to that, the stupid Case Keenum year with the Vikings, when they had one of the best events in the NFL and they had an awesome running game. And it's like when it's easy and when you're with a lead and when you can, you know, basically take the ball out of your hands when it's the non-advantageous passing situations. When you can basically say those. Pe- those situations, we can give it to our running back. We can give it to someone else. We don't have to put the high leverage plays on your right arm. When you don't have to do that, and that's why every sort of you know failed NFL quarterback turned analyst harps so much seemingly on the running game and why it's so important, it's because it is important for quarterbacks like that that are limited. But it's when you are that guy, the Mahomes of the world, when you want to join that elite tier where you can put that ball in their hands when it's just a pass situation the way josh allen shit played in this game and has played at times over the course of the season that is what separates quarterbacks and so that's the thing we still need to see from mac jones and are still waiting to also see from mac jones and it's it's more than an arm talent thing right it's more yeah. than like he just no, doesn't no. have the yeah, tools exactly. like look at burrow burrow yeah. burrow and that the same like not i'm not saying they're the same player but like isn't an arm talent guy isn't Correct. like a freaky athlete he's not like a toolsy josh allen type but he's still creates when he needs to create and yeah. can create out of structure with just savvy and moxie yeah. and grit. Okay. Well, you're laying it on a little thick the, here, but the, the, I might as well be dressed in a monkey, a Bengals costume. Um, Jaguars, Jets, Jets, fair by godlike ability. I might, I might be a guy in the, remember, you know, the guy that wears like the Bengals paint at the games. Oh the months, yeah. The guy you have to paint your face if they make the playoffs and have a home game. You have no, to paint your I, face like I'm the Bengals not. cat. If guy. they win a playoff game, maybe, maybe Jaguars, Jets, Jets favored by two and a half. I picked the Jags. I backed Bevel again and I'm an idiot. Mm. I'm legitimately Who an could idiot. have seen that one coming. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Like I, quote graphic that social. I'm dumb. I'm never betting. I, I said this last week. I'm never betting the Jags again. If they fuck me against the Texans, I bet them again. And they fucked me against the Jets. Jets win 26 to 21. Zach Wilson, I, I'm going to say something, and I don't want you to get mad at me. Could we see a Josh Allen-like career arc for Wilson where shit, inaccurate, only good stuff's out of structure, 
for the first two years, maybe first year, first year plus. And the only way he really turns it around need to see massive improvement in accuracy as we saw from Josh Allen in year three, which I think Wilson's more capable of given that we saw accuracy in BYU. And then also just the roller coaster can't have as many dips, right? Like even Allen this year after a really big year three has had more dips than he had in, in his year three, like MVP caliber campaign. Wilson, I'm not, I think that's the type of career arc we could see, right? Like, cause what went well in this game for him is all this shit out of structure. That run he had was absurd, but you can't bank on that. Like that's not mm-hmm. consistent offense. And a lot of what Josh Allen did is not like all that consistent offense, right? It's like him breaking out, him being big enough and strong enough to run down the field and make some plays. I think Zach Wilson, like trying to enter that tier or like enter that arc is probably what we have to see. If he's going to even pan out, like if he's going to be like a competent starter. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see that because Josh Allen's a truly like special size, speed, yeah. athlete. Like if he wanted to play tight end in the NFL, he'd be a tight end in the NFL. Like I got, like I could do that. He has that level of just physical tools. Zach Wilson's like two hundred eight pounds. Yeah, yeah. You know, Zach Wilson he can't looks, do what Allen does on the ground. Exactly. Like it's not going to be his whole game, so he, he can't rely on that. And I thought you saw a better some better plays in structure in this game than had previously. One of the most impressive plays to me was a fourth down conversion in the two-minute drill late in the first half. Now, they had a, obviously didn't score on a fourth down try later in the drive. But it was to Braxton Berrios. His first read wasn't there, and he gets, he's look, looking right, gets back over to the middle of the field, and as he's like changing his eyes to the middle of the field, also gets his feet back to the middle of the field and puts it right on Braxton Berrios without, like, a lot of times in those situations over the course this year, you see him get antsy with his feet. And that's been one of his biggest problems is you see him dancing in the pocket, drifting in the pocket, and then he doesn't get his feet lined up to his target. Then he's inaccurate. That one, confidently in the pocket, gets his feet set, delivers strike. I think more of those, the more of those you can see from him, the better you can feel about him going forward because he does have, he does have playmaking ability. He does have awesome arm talent like he has those things in spades we just need to see more like you said inside the structure confidence in that aspect and that really like those there's only a handful of those plays a game that you do end up seeing what about trevor lawrence trevor lawrence also played like butt cheeks in this game he did not play like butt cheeks in this game he was fine i'll say it wasn't great but uh i will say the that fumble the, was i mean there's the there's some, there's a lot of boneheadedness though, a lot the, of forcing it right. I mean, that's the, uh, that's what I see. A lot of like forcing, trying to like put this entire team on his back. The, the one play that I was like, what the fuck is going on? Was the third down spike? That the oh the, yeah at the goal line right. I the mean, end. that's coaching though, right? It was. I don't know what the, like that one's one where it's just like you probably won't make that mistake again. But I couldn't believe that like 13 seconds left. All you do is call anything, yeah. any pass play to the end zone, and you have a chance. Like, say, even a fade. We hate fades. Just but yell a fade, fade is a chance. Just yell yeah. fade. Just, like, <laughs> say, like, splint. I don't know. Do fucking something. But don't spike the ball there because you can, you can wait about five more seconds to even snap the ball to get it, throw any route, plays. and then you have two chances at a touchdown. Instead, they just go right up and spike it. And obviously, you don't get it on fourth down. That was a pretty brutal sequence. That, to me, was one of the most head-scratching. But, again, it's like one of those – so he's a rookie. It's one of those mistakes where if you make it now, I would doubt he goes and makes that mistake again uh, later on in his career. So that was tough to watch. But 
I did have to crack up because Andre Sisco made a play in this game. <laughs> and just thinking of the fact that Andre Sisco almost picks the ball off and Urban Meyer watching at home just being like, who the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who just made who that made pick? That? That's oh, sweet. That's uh, incredible. Uh, before we get to Bears Seahawks, I meant to mention this at the top, and I apologize. But if you go to the Tailgate podcast description right now, we are trying a new thing. Tailgate now has a speak pipe link in the podcast description where if you go to that link you can record up to 90 seconds of you asking us a question for the mailbag episode we're going to debut this sometime maybe this mailbag episode depending on how many we get or maybe in future mailbag episodes but if we get flooded with them we're going to air the best ones maybe a couple per week start but go to the description in the podcast go to speakpipe.com tailgate and you can record yourself doing a you know version of mike's accent asking us a question for the mailbag, pitching us on why Trevor Lawrence's cheeks. Anything you want to do, we can do it. But go to speakpipe.com slash tailgate, and uh, the mailbag episodes could be a lot more fun, man. We could get some listeners on this thing. We need to really think more about the the extent SpeakPipe takes us, right? Because asking us questions is obviously sick, and hearing your guys' voices on the pod will be dope. But I kind of want them to do like an impression of your mom or something, you know? Like just do something crazy. You no know, one's met my mom. But just like what you would say about your job and your attire. No. Or me. Okay, yeah, you. Like just like do – I don't know. Just do something fucking creative, guys. If you want to get on the pod, do something cool. Do something creative. You go on there and troll. We'll listen and we'll laugh, but you won't make it to the pod. Do something cool. (laughs) I love that. I love that feedback. Just do something cool on it. Do something cool. We'll we'll get you on the pod. Bears, Seahawks. Seahawks favored by six and a half. Yikes. Yikes. Bears come back and win. This is one we really just like – I don't think any fan base either even wants us to talk about. You had Nick Foles starting for the Bears, and Bears fans obviously uh, are fully invested. Like Justin Fields are bust at this point. You don't give a sh- if Justin Fields looks like an All Pro, you're not even like happy about it. You'd probably be upset if he looked good. You know, you're <laughs> like, what the hell is that you be doing all year if he looks good? So it looked fine, but at this point, it's just too down bad franchises here. How, okay. We're going to get to Russell Wilson later in the fun to read. And if you are not one that tunes in to the fun to read, fun to watch segment on the Monday show, you are missing out this It's going to be a good one. It is an absolute treat. But Russell Wilson, man, how bad is it? How bad is it, Coach? I mean, this this has been a Russ Wilson is cooked situation for Seattle. No, he doesn't have a lot of help. No, the offensive line is good. Yeah, they're on their, like, four-string running back, San Diego State legend, Rashad Penny. But – it's got to look a lot better than this, right? Shot Penny looked good in this game. Take I know he did. Take it back. I know he did. He looked awesome. Hashtag legend. <laughs> he actually had some really good runs. He broke seven tackles on 17 carries. He was People forget he's cooking. an Aztec legend. But I will say, I, I just I think the take that I've come around to on this Russell Wilson thing at this point is he rushed back. Like, he came back yeah. too early to try to prove something to literally nobody because no one no one has any doubters. He, he probably makes up doubters in his head like a lot of professional athletes do to you know fuel themselves but like he came back too early with a finger injury that just never should have come back from because this is the worst stretch of football we've seen from him at any point in his career it is honestly it is yeah like that just he's 33 years old you don't go from playing elite football for completely collapsing a five you know like four year stretch at the very worst reading of how well he's played over the past decade You'll go from a least stretch football four years to five games this season to then having a finger injury that should have taken twice as long a recovery as it took, and then to playing ass cheeks after that. He just like he rushed back to try to be that guy. 
because he started Mr. the year Unlimited. great. Like he was good to start the year. Yeah, so I'm saying like he rushed back to try to be Mr. Unlimited and Mr. Limited. He's Mr. Limited. Should we? Should we give? You hate Arizona Frontals. I kind of like Mr. Limited. Mr. Limited. Mr. Limited. Mr. Limited. I'm in love. I'm in love. He has a 70.2 PFF grade this year. If that holds, it'll be the lowest of his career. But he started off the season hot. I agree it was the injury-related. What is your favorite landing spot for Russ in the offseason? I really like Denver. Denver okay. Denver is primed, man. I don't know. Denver I like Denver. Needs, Some people are saying Giants. We'll that would be an absolute disaster. No. Don't go to the Giants. Let's get to this Giants game, though. Okay. Eagles-Giants, because okay. I have a take about that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Because the – so off, they get game. just their ass kicked. Offense looks like shit once again against an Eagles defense that – no, by Fromm. no means elite. Jake Fromm, Mike Lennon. But you know who's been looking better and better each week? Daniel Jones. I mean, this is it's not just that this is backup yeah. quarterback. This is they've they've done zero with backup quarterbacks. And Mike Lennon's not a good quarterback. But any competent offensive structure, offensive play calling, whatever, will do better results with a guy like Mike Lennon than what we've seen in recent weeks. So Daniel Jones is looking better by the week with how ass cheeks his backups have been, how just tough this offense has looked without him in there. So Can I, I count So I will say I don't – as much as, uh, you know, Russ Wilson might want to go to New York, I think they end up sticking with Daniel Jones next year. Well, they already said reports are out that they're committing to Daniel Jones. Well, yeah. I mean, like that's what I'm saying. Like they're probably each week being like, oh, shit, maybe we are the ones that fucked up here. Now, can I counter? Yeah, please. Jason Garrett also fired. Was it was Garrett what was keeping this alive? Garrett, Garrett fired. It's like, him. it's like the Joe Brady. No. <laughs> was uh, Garrett the reason that kept <laughs> the Jets or the Giants afloat? The Giants ranked twenty fourth in EPA per play with Garrett, and since then, twenty fourth, mind you. Yeah. Since then, they've ranked thirty first. It does blow my mind, though. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm obviously kidding. Garrett stinks, but I think. But I think it does blow Daniel my mind Jones that Joe thing, Judge though, is catching no blowback from the, from front office for any of this. I have a take on the Joe Judge thing. Just it's a little mind blowing. They're keeping Joe Judge. They're keeping Joe Judge because no fucking head coach would even take this job. Would any competent coach take this job in 2022 offseason? Like they would That's get a retread. I mean, they have their bottom three in cap space. They're committed to Daniel Jones. They're firing their GM. It's not a bad take. I like that take, actually. Like, commit to, commit to Joe Judge just yeah. for some consistency or else this whole thing's going to get set on fire and you end up hiring, like, Ken Wisenhut or something. Yeah, I don't hate that. If you, like, really bring in a new GM and give him a lot of control over, like, roster and whatever, I don't hate that because, like you said, you fire him now, you're – who's choosing – Who's choosing New York over even like the Jaguars? At this Honestly, point? no. I, I think that if the Giants candidates. head coaching position opened up, it'd be the worst. Yeah, it's it's very plausible. Um, and but but I will say like you can give them all the shit for like Jason Garrett being in charge of the offense. Like he brought in Jason Garrett. You know, like he <laughs> like it's kind of their Meyer thing. It's like when you bring in assistants that are poop, especially when it's someone like Jason Garrett who's kind of like the mo or the the book on him. The last handful of years of his tenure at Dallas was that his offense has grown stale. When you bring that guy in and he runs a stale offense, <laughs> you know, it's like you only got the mirror to blame at that point. Jason Garrett, you're a loser. You hired me. <laughs> um, you had a take on Hurts in this one. Oh, okay. So this wasn't really a take on Hurts. But you know JT O'Sullivan, friend yeah. of the pod, 
QB school on YouTube. I watch his videos, all his QB breakdowns, because you always learn a little something. He's got insight that I definitely do not have as a seasoned NFL veteran quarterback. Uh, and I always like learning from him. His breakdowns are great. But he came out with a YouTube video last week called, titled, is Jalen Hurts good enough? And it had to crack me up because we talked about yeah. this on last week's pod where I was like, I want to stop fucking talking about Jalen Hurts' <laughs> quarterback speech or not. I'm just done. Where you can get to that conversation in February. I actually haven't watched it yet, but just oh. the title alone made me not want to watch it. Sadly, JT, love you. But I'm done talking about Jalen Hurts good enough or not. <laughs> JT O'Sullivan also came on this podcast and dropped like one of the like hardest-hitting quotes I've ever heard when he said, it's not about work-life balance. It's about work-life harmony. And he talked about how, like, he needs, like, when you're a football player, you need to be all in on football. There's no balance in the season. Mm-hmm. But when you're out, you need to be able to unplug and reset with your family and all this shit. And it's kind of, you know, working in football, I'm not saying it's as even close to as hard as being a quarterback, whatever. But working in football, it's like you work on Christmas. You work yeah. on Thanksgiving. You know, you don't, you have to, like, kind of be all in. You know, you can't take, you know, certain days off during the season. You work every Sunday. You work every Saturday. Self-care you, doesn't exist. Yeah, the self-care is tough. I mean, I, I don't want to talk about it too much, but it is, I mean, it's a fucking grind. Working football season is an absolute grind. Ask, Feel sorry for us. Don't. I, I, that's all I'm trying to say. That's but it was a great quote from J.T. O'Sullivan, regardless. Steelers Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by seven and a half, and this was disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Steelers offensive line got absolutely battered. Ben, Big Ben looked as bad as he's played all year. Wasn't he in the most disgusting game all week, though? It wasn't even like the worst blowout. Yeah. I mean, even I thought the Ravens like, one was going to be it. But we'll get to the worst blowout here in a little bit. <laughs> I, I mean, I turned the Sunday night football game off. We'll get to that blowout, but it was bad. Uh, Steelers Chiefs. Steelers win 36-10. My favorite play of this game, maybe that could be a new part of the segment, favorite play. Okay. Favorite play of this game was when Big Ben just was like, robbed of the ball. And I think, was it Derek Noddy who, like, just dumped his way back down to, like, the five-yard line? It was incredible. Like, it, it looked like they just completely gave up. It was, uh, it was like the Steelers season in a nutshell. The, the Steelers threw out a couple guys in this game that, I'll be honest, I hadn't heard about. One until a couple weeks ago, one until this past week. Um, and J.C. Hasenauer at left guard, former UDFA out of Alabama, and then John LeGlue, former UDFA out of Tulane. I do not know that second guy. I knew the first guy. I had no idea that second guy exists. You could so, have said two random names. So there you go. Uh, I mean, that, that, was, that was only part of it. Uh, you could have been starting fucking God himself at left guard, and you're still losing this game. But Steelers O-line was down bad. And this Chiefs defense has allowed 12.9 points per game over the last eight games. My God. Half a season at 12.9 points per game. What's going on? How? Steve Spagnuolo for coach of the year. Steve Spagnuolo for coach of the year. Wow. And everyone keeps saying Mahomes is back. And he played well in this one. This is one of probably his best games all, all year long. But, like, they are, not, they are not the one seed because of this offense right now. Yeah. Like, they're just straight up, straight up not. They are the one seed. Because this has been the best defense in the AFC over the second half of the season. We didn't even talk about I, – I hate to jump because you were talking about, like, um, names that people don't recognize and shit. I went to the, the – the Houston Texans were down 11 starters in that game because of COVID. <sighs> like Brandon Cooks was out. David Johnson was out. But they're still – they were Texan starters to begin yeah. with. <laughs> so I think a good segment would be, does this player play for the Texans or does he not exist? Oh. Starting with Michael Dwumfor. Dude, that one's – he, <laughs> that's real. He's real. Michael Dwumfor is real. He's on their team. Mm. Jake Eldrenkamp. Eldrenkamp. I don't believe that one if that one's real. It's real. It's real. That one's real? I, well, I'll, I'll prepare this segment for next time. This is a good some, segment. Some of these real are absurd. Real or Texan? Or fake or Texan? Fake or 
David Culley's right-hand man. Uh, all right, back to reality. Raiders-Broncos, narrow win for the Raiders. Raiders win 17-13 in what was a disgusting game. They were favored by one and a half at home. Derek Carr now, and he almost fumbled this game away. That's why I bring it up. Has more fumbles than any other player in the NFL since he's entered the league and has like legitimately like fumbled games away, nearly gave this game away, but came back. I thought this was also... So Eric Eager, doctor, the doctor who's an analyst here, also on the forecast, if you don't know him, PFF underscore Eric. If you like live game tweets... Don't follow him. This guy. <laughs> Eric Eager puts on an absolute show every single time it's a live island game. His tweets are just like a fucking stream of consciousness. It's hilarious. But anyway, on the forecast last night, they do it right after the Sunday night game. He said... He's, he hates Josh Jacobs. He said, every time I watch him carry the football, part of me dies. And I was rolling laughing because this was actually one of Josh Jacobs' like, yeah, better games. Well. Like, Josh Jacobs actually looked like a first-round back in this game, but hates Josh Jacobs. I think he was a big reason they end up winning this one. Like, Josh Jacobs was one of the few players that played well. Hunter Renfro played well. Carr, again, did not play all that well. And it also helped that, well, they were playing Drew Locke. Drew Locke, not a— He didn't play terribly. He actually played well. I mean, he scored 13 points, though. I will say, Broncos— I think they're going to fire Fangio at the end of the season. This was the nail in the coffin for their playoff hopes. And truthfully, it's because, I don't think it's much Fangio did, but it's because of the ways just mishandled this offense. This offense has far more talent to be at than they, they've vastly underperformed. 19.9 points per game. 19.9 points per game with goddamn Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. Like You have weapons, and this just offense is decidedly – not scary. It's just not. It's not. I don't, and that's on Pat Shermer. That's on Vic Fangio for kicking Rick Sking Jarello to the curb to get Pat Shermer in there. Like this is a offense that is just tough to watch at times. And and especially this, I think the especially like brutal thing about it is Drew Lock plays well in this mm-hmm. game. Not throwing the ball to the other team has some actual throws. I don't know they had some crucial drops in this. A couple third downs from. Uh, Jerry Jude, no fan. Then that Akui Boonham one downfield towards the end of the game was brutal too. But like three drops, this offense just should not be fighting themselves as much as they are on a routine basis. I do think if Fangio gets like oh, and maybe it is likely that is a hot DC candidate. Yeah, Fangio. That's should. a hot DC candidate. That's a hot job, in my opinion. Going to Denver. Yeah, that's what they have because they can attract a QB this off season. They got a lot of talent. Go get Derek. Okay, Carr. cap situation. They're not going to trade him in the fucking. Division. I know. I know what they're not going to do, but they should try and make an upgrade. Maybe Rogers. Football team at Cowboys. Before we get to that and all the other segments we have, I got to get the sponsors out of the way here. Sponsors, proud sponsors. The NFL season is winding down. The playoffs will be here before you know it. And a drafting sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, the offers are getting even more amazing. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Don't miss out on the action. Also, use your PFF subscription, Elite, to identify those bets. Don't go to DraftKings empty-handed here. Go get your Elite subscription and then download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and win $250 in free bets if they're victorious. That's promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wage required. One per customer. Restrict supplies. See DraftKings.com. Sports for free details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Want a chance to win the ultimate game day feast? Whether it's football success or financial savvy, winning starts with asking us questions. Would you like to know what it's like behind the scenes with Al Michaels on Sunday Night Football? Would you like to know about your financial future? 
Western and Southern is teaming up with PFS very own Chris Collinsworth, the boss man to share insights that can help put you ahead on both your fantasy and financial scoreboards. Every submission earns you a chance to win the ultimate feast to celebrate football's favorite Sunday. We'll cover your catering up to $2,500 coordinate your order from a restaurant near you and have it delivered on February 13, 2022. And don't forget, to check out Chris Collins with podcasts and Western Southern's Instagram for answers to the best questions each week. Submit your questions at westernsouthern.com slash askchris. One more time, that is westernsouthern.com slash askchris. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. Finally, blowout central. Cowboys. Oh, wait, wait, in the break, my uh, my mom texted me. She said, leave, leave her out of your shenanigans, she said. Oh, wow. Your mom's listening to the show live? Yeah. Wow. Hello, Mrs. Renner. She also told me to stop saying the F word, so. Well, Mrs. Renner, I can stop for you. It's great to have you listening to the show, and it'll affect my demeanor for the rest of the show. (laughs) Cowboys win big, 56, football team 14. They beat the fudge out of them. This was an ugly, ugly game. This was ugly from start to finish, disgusting. And I want to say this. Before you get in, before you get in, and earmuffs, Mrs. Renner. How the fuck can we continue to root for Taylor Heineke? Can we stop? I was just going to say, stop? how happy were you with Taylor Heineke just I wasn't happy. Like I'm not ass. happy. I'm just, like, relieved. I'm relieved. I got Sam Monson on the NFL podcast saying, like, Heineke's you, fun to watch and shit. Like, he's not. He's you, not. Pour one out. Heineke is shit to watch. You probably he, saw that Jonathan Allen punch on the sideline. I and wish, we're like, I wish I was Heineke yeah, getting I rocked. Did. I did. I honestly did. You Verbatim. Verbatim. <laughs> no, but, like, we're done, right? We're done. Yeah. Can we be done? It's been done. I mean, no one wanted it's him. It's been yet. done. He's been. He, I'm going to type in right now. Twitter, Twitter search Heineke fun to watch, and I guarantee you, someone tweeted search it last week. Heineke quarterback of the future on Google, and tell me if anything <laughs> comes up from the last two months. Heineke fun does. to watch. Not going to lie. Twenty three hours ago. Heineke, <laughs> like, come on, come on. Not lie. This is a joke. <laughs> Didn't have. He's not going to lie. Um, that one looked like an 07 Patriots game. Oh, Remember wow. when it yeah, was just like the Patriots would have games. Or it was like the Dolphins game that year. It's just like every single thing was so lopsided that it just, by the end of the first half, you're like, okay, we tried. And then the game. I do think that fight on the sidelines, though, was wild. It was not two really DTs. a fight, though. It was just I mean, like but it's like swing. two DTs. They're like same positional group swinging at each other. That's, that's a rarity. So can, I have a comment on that. Two same school DTs, Bama DTs. But so what? I don't know what the argument was about, and I think Payne came out and said, "You got brothers, right? Brothers fight." Like it was whatever. You know, I don't think there. It's not the end of the world there. Um, but Payne is making a point, and then like pokes him in the head a little bit. Oh yeah, I mean that's on him. Like yeah, I know. What, what are you doing, Payne? Payne, whatever point he's trying to make, it's like you know what? It's in here. Yeah. Like you got to use your brain, dumbass. And then Jonathan <laughs> Allen sw- just goes up and right, throws a fucking meatball sub at his ass. Yeah. <laughs> like this is a. Th- I don't. I, I, I don't blame Allen at all. The guy was being an asshole. Yeah, I don't know why I, Payne did you that. You can't touch a man's face. Yeah, I mean, not ass gloves. Yeah. I mean, that was gross. I just gross. can't ex- and expect not to get some blowback. What would the? I asked you this before the pod, but I think the, the, we don't need to talk about this game. Time the defense looked awesome. Michael Parsons looked awesome. Randy Gregory was in his bag. Trayvon Diggs had a pick. Let's go. But Dallas Cowboys, Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. Oh, what's the line? What's the line if Five. they play? Packers two and a half. Only two and a half. Yeah, that's a low. That's really, a low. I yeah. take the Packers at two and a half. Mm-hmm. I think it could get out to four. And Lambo, Lam- Lambo's yeah. different. Yeah, Lambo's snowy. It's different. I think Lambo four, four and a half. Packers four, four and a half. And if it got to four and a half, I think I think 
I think I start to bet the Cowboys, but that will be – I want that game. I want that game in our future. The NFC playoffs is going to be some bouts. I'm excited. I'm excited as well. Do you want to talk Dolphin Saints one last time to see how it feels? Nope. Ian Book starting. Yeah. Your guy, Notre Dame Golden Dome. I like the Saints even more now. I have the Saints in the one fantasy league I'm left in. And they, or excuse me, I have the Dolphins defense. They need to score me 20 points. Oh, Book's going to throw like four points. I know. I'm actually a little hyped about that. Can you text Brady Clay during the game? Brady about Book? Spoke. Just like play by play? No. Bring it to the pod? Use screenshots of actually, it? Actually, maybe I will. Just, just shoot him a text. But hey, Book looks shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On to the fun to reads. And fellas, gang. People were tweeting. People were feeling themselves drinking a little too much over the holidays, apparently. Oh, oh my God. This Especially, is... should we start with the John Lynch one? I kind of wanted to st- – okay, yeah. Let's, let's start, start with the John Lynch, Lynch okay. one because this one well, got we got to make sure uh, our boy Quinn's got the, got the bag ready. Like, okay, okay. So let's start with the John Lynch one then. John Lynch, the GM of the San Francisco 49ers, on eight th- at 8.30 on Christmas Eve, apparently, hyphen, while in Christmas Eve mass with my family, family capital F, this guy's a family man, I accidentally and unknowingly liked a tweet, capital L and liked, capital T and tweet. Who the fuck is writing this tweet for him? Never intended to remain a huge believer in Jimmy. Never intended to. Never to. Never intended to and remain a, a huge, huge believer. believer. Merry Christmas to everyone. So what happened was is he accidentally liked like a funny joke meme, right, about like Jimmy yes. G being pooped. It said, leave Jimmy G on the plane in tennis in Nashville is what it said. And it's like the, th- the thing was it was – Picked up by some, like, San Francisco blog. blog and would have been seen by fewer than 10,000 people in If he America, didn't tweet this if out. If he doesn't tweet this out. He tweets this out, and all of a sudden on Christmas Eve, this is literally what everyone's talking but about. But it pours guilt on, right? I mean, yeah. he sees like, – I don't think you respond if you, like, exactly. accidentally if did just, it. So it, I think I think he didn't – I think that – I mean, he's capitalizing liked and tweet. I think he might have did it on purpose but didn't realize people could see it. Like, I, I'm not trying to call John Lynch out. I yeah. know he writes our checks. We talked about that a little bit on the show. But, I mean, for a guy that's capitalizing the L and the T in his tweets, I don't know if he knows that people can see his likes. But right? it's just a thing that just never had to be addressed and got made a way bigger story the way he addressed it. I'm looking at his previous – And I love how he, like, does the appeal to sort of – godliness with saying he's at christmas eve mass with his family like you no one that was an extraneous detail no one needs to know that I, so but that's why i think it was also a lie like yeah, while like in christmas eve mass that's was he like, was he like oh, to, oh is that uh i love the sermon but let me just scroll focus through here on, and accidentally like a tweet i don't understand how that works focus on the lord john i was nose deep into my bible and <laughs> i actually liked a funny meme so happily like happeningly on a Niners related thing. Like, oh, well, so he got tagged in it. And oh, he did get tagged in it. Yeah. Okay. But okay. But very suspect, I'll say. Deal. What do you want to go next? Hilarious. Where do you want to go next? You go, that was you fun to watch. Poison. I will go Ben Baby because this one lit up everyone yeah. in Cincinnati. Ben Baby, who I think is a Bengals beat writer for ESPN, covers the Bengals. Burrow says, fortunately, there's not a lot to do in Cincinnati, which has helped the Bengals from going out and contracting COVID. Now, a lot of people got upset. Bengals faith, I mean, Cincinnati faithful got upset. I don't see a lie. Where's the lie? This is a fact. It, there isn't a lot to do in Cincinnati. I would say Burrow obviously not hanging out with Pac-Man too much. Also not Jackson Carmen, apparently. And Jackson been grinding the tape at and, the club here. <laughs> I was going to say, and Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. But um, – a lot of people were in their feelings about this one. I, I don't Wrongfully. think it's anything to probably, in retrospect, he probably wishes he probably didn't say it. No, not, I think it was probably, funny. I think I, I oh, it was that's, good, that's good press. 
A lot of people were upset. I tagged, I quote tweeted it and tagged Chris Collins or seeing if he could help move the company or something. You know, maybe float us out of Cincy. Wow. That's, that's, I always, that's the tipping point. Yeah. Joe Burrow said it. Come now on. Come on. I also will say, um, I sometimes think about if, if Chris wasn't drafted by the Bengals, he said it, he was like really, like the Chargers were hot on him. Mm. Can you imagine if he was drafted in San Diego and PFF was based in San D? It's not too late to change. All right, let's go to the Bill. Can we go to the Bill Belichick one, Quinn? I yes. love this one. This one's phenomenal. Bill Belichick. So <laughs> what's hilarious about the Bill Belichick one is that a reporter asks him that just, just play the video. Just play the video. Hi. Um, football aside, sorry, but I'm doing a story about New Year's resolutions, and I was just wondering if you had any you wanted to share with your fans and our readers. Yeah. No, not right now. Okay. Thanks. And next week. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. I mean, I love his face right when he's like, here's the question. She's like, football aside, I'm writing a story on news resolutions. Do you have any? So some people are like, this is the most courageous thing a journalist has ever done. This is just blind ignorance, right? Like she doesn't realize she's talking to like one of the most stubborn individuals in the yeah. planet. She thinks she's going to get squeezed out after an <laughs> L, like his New Year's resolution. A thousand percent of me wants to know what he would have said. Can you imagine if he like answers like, lose weight? Yeah. <laughs> he just like grimacingly like <laughs> drop 10 pounds. Eat healthier. <laughs> But I was thinking on the walk up here, I was like, if I had to ask him that question to keep my job, like if I would have gotten fired, if I don't ask that question, do I ask it? I honestly don't think I'd be able to. I don't. I think my body would collapse in on itself if I actually tried to get that question out. I I just wouldn't be able to. I don't have that in me to ask, to just have that uncomfortable feeling of – the awkwardness I know would ensue by asking that question. I don't think I'd be able to. This isn't that similar, but when I was writing for free for a Raiders blog, trying to make my way up in the in the world, mm-hmm. when and, and when Anthony Her- Aaron Hernandez killed himself, the editor asked me to write a piece. Former Raiders opponent Anthony Aaron Hernandez kills himself in prison, and I was like, "Dude, I am not writing that." And he says, "Fine, I'll write yeah. it." And he never wrote it. But I was like, "That would have been horrendous." Can you like imagine chasing SEO for your free unpaid former garbage? Raiders. Just a former Raiders teammate? Are you kidding me? I would have been flayed. I had probably like a follower back then, but still, disaster. Those like unpaid blog models, by the way, Jesus Christ. Go get money for your work, or else it's just going to be that. Like you're going to get, you're going to be getting that. We don't have to get into this tangent here. Emmanuel Acho makes the list. I think he's been on this for this a while. Is fantastic. He's he's a Emmanuel routine. Acho comes out whispers Christmas night eleven thirteen. Carson Wentz has 25 TDs and six INTs. Dak Prescott has 25 TDs and 10 INTs. Oh, and Dak has two first-round receivers? Hashtag Colts Nation runs off. Worst gift use I've ever seen. What's he, uh, like... He's uh, saying Wentz is better than Dak? It's such a bad, it's just such a bad, such a bad tweet. And the the thing that cracked me up was then Dak, goes out the next day and goes for like fucking a zillion oh, yeah. yards, four touchdowns completely in the first dump half. trucks the football team. <laughs> yeah. And so like Acho, this is the, this is the problem with a lot of Acho tweets. Like the one we highlighted about him in the college football playoff, trying to get Baylor in the top four or whatever. It's like, it doesn't have a well thought out premise or point. It kind of just like is throwing shit at a wall. I don't know. Is he like looking for a reaction? I don't know. Either way, if you're trying to say that Carson Wentz is playing as well as Dak Prescott this year, like, come with a little better. Come with something a little better than touchdowns and interceptions. Please. Yeah. All right. There you go. 
Last one, and this one is ridiculous. This one's like legitimately ridiculous. Like a late. This is one of the worst the tweets I've ever seen in my entire life. This is the worst tweet I think I've ever seen in my life. Tweet thread. Throw it up, Quinn. On the show, Jared Stanger, who fuck God bless this dude. He's in the draft realm. He writes owner of cmox.com. There you go. Uh, oh my goodness. Uh, he tweets out. I thought I had tweeted it before, but I can't find it tonight. But for a few years now, I had this feeling that Russell Wilson, Russell would be the football Lou Gehrig, which you're already on a fucking treat here. You're on a, a literal adventure from here on out. Go down to the second piece, which is to say, A, he would be an iron horse for many, many years, which he has been until the finger thing this year. Okay. Not. Okay. This part is absolutely absurd. His career, B, his career would be cut short by something like ALS or Parkinson's? Is Jared Stanger of CMOX.com predicting, forecasting that Russell Wilson will get ALS or Parkinson's disease? Is that what we're seeing here? He follows it up. Part of me wishes they could trade him before he gets it, before it gets worse. Or teams learn about it. Teams find out that he's going to get it. But at the same time, I've been done with Pete for like four years. Wish we could have seen Russ get a new guy sooner. This guy praying the Russell, the Seahawks trade Russell Wilson before they find out he has ALS is one of the most absurd things I've ever seen. I thought it was parody. I thought it was The Onion. But this guy has 140,000 tweets sent since February 2012. That's 40 tweets per day on average for 10 years. Guy's in his bag. Guy's absolutely in his bag. It's literally the worst tweet I've ever seen. I, I really, I, there's nothing like to add about this other than just to clarify, he's predicting someone has ALS with, with no evidence whatsoever. Just a gut, gut feeling that he has I've ALS. Always, and it's something he's always felt. He's like, I thought I tweeted this sooner. Like he's like two, three years ago when Russell Wilson was like the top three quarterback in the NFL. He's like, ah, that guy's toast. Parkinson's. I will say, <laughs> if at some point Russell Wilson comes out and has ALS or Parkinson's. The victory lap. I, I am going to have this guy's tweet notifications turned on. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if he took a victory lap? Like Russell Wilson has this like Sierra has this like crazy video that comes he's out. Like and he's like shaking a bottle of champagne. He's like sad and like the whole fucking Seahawks are sending out like sorry notes and like oh. hang him in the ring of honor. Yeah. And then he's like quote tweeting. He's like, I told you three years ago. Oh, my God. You doubted me. I knew it. ALS. He's going to get like the common cold. And he's like, I saw this too. <laughs> All right. That's it for the fun to read. What a fucking treat. Fun to watch. watch. We got a ton of fun to watch. Holy shit. We have a lot. We have a lot. We, do you want to go through every one? I think we should. Yeah. All let's right. skip the, Mar- the Mark Smosh one. That one's lame. Okay. This, fun. this one's good, though. All right. We'll First go, one's fantastic. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get through a lot of these. We're going to skip Marcus Mosher. I'm I just deleted. clicking them all open. All right. I'm excited. Fun to watch is something that if you search on Twitter, gives you ultimate joy. All right. First one. This is from Jeff or the fantasy ENG, who's a fantasy football writer for the FF Ballers. No one in the NFL is more fun to watch than Debo Samuel. 652 likes. Now, Debo Samuel is objectively fun to watch. But shots fucking fired at Mercedes Lewis. No, true. I mean, Packers fans are going to be fucking pissed when they find out about this. That Packers discourse, by the way, was disgusting. (laughs) That, I, I don't, I've never been, like, introduced to Packers fans that way. They were furious that we said Mercedes Lewis wasn't fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. That's a sad state of affairs. That's a sad state of affairs. I love the Big tags. Guy. So many people tagged us in this tweet. <laughs> fun to watch. Watch. It's incredible. Next one. Eddie Pascal, who I think used to write for the Raiders, or, like, was on the Raiders digital media team. He's now doing something else. But that's why I follow him. 
This version of Josh Jacobs is so much fun to watch. This version. Now, I admit it, he played good. This version, though, so much fun to watch. Is he good or is he bad, Eddie? Is he playing well? Have a take. Have a take. And especially when it's just like this version, I'm not sure he vacillates between different versions of himself. Yeah, so the other version sucks to watch. It's not close to fun. All right, this next one's an anti-fun to watch. I threw this one there for you. Sad Steelers fan at Ate Bay said, the Steelers aren't even fun to watch. Mm. Does anyone else feel that way? That has 3,300 likes. Almost 32, almost 3,300 likes. That's the third not fun to watch we featured. Do you remember the other two? Do you remember the other two? Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins was also not fun to watch. And something, someone's offense, or what was it? The Broncos' offense. The Broncos' offense. But all true, all true. The Steelers. The Steelers. And Kirk Cousins are not fun to watch. Does anyone else agree? And that's 3,300 people are like, yep, love it. Yeah, losing football teams aren't fun to watch. Ryan Mink. Editor and editorial director for the Ravens. Tony Jefferson is playing with an edge that's fun to watch today. Yeah. 500 likes. I, 500 you guys need likes. to save your likes. I already told you. I told you guys this last show. Save your likes, man. Do it for takes. Do it for something with some grit or some meat to it. Anyone could tweet out Tony Jefferson's fun to watch. You could tweet out literally Mercedes Lewis is the most fun to watch player on the Packers and it'll get 500 likes. Yeah. Anyway, save your likes. Then this one, Bengals Jim, who is a legend. I think he goes to every Bengals game dressed in a fucking Tony the Tiger costume. an awesome costume. tailgate. Throws he's, an awesome he's tailgate. not the Tony the Tiger costume. Who right. cares? This team is fun to watch because they're having fun themselves. At least he explained why they are. That's a little bit more insightful take. Shut there. up. 200 likes. This team is fun to watch because they're having fun. Kill me. Last you know why one. they're fun to watch? Because they're winning football games. Actually. Last one. <laughs> That's probably why you're enjoying yeah. watching this. The Bengals seems pretty fun. This last one is from PFF's own Arjun Menon. Arjun is a PFF intern, football research intern. He said, man, this next generation of young receivers, minus Jalen Rager, will be fun to watch. I hate, hate Arjun. Not Arjun. I hate when people like... Wow, put it on graphic. I hate Arjun. I hate when people do groups of players. Right, like a receiving class, and that's a really common draft take, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, this running back class is going to be so fun to watch. This l- tackle class is so fun to watch. You could say that literally about any position group. I honestly challenge you, Mike, to say that about every position group at some point and here. see how many likes you get. Per All right, I'm, I'm going to get the average will probably be like seven fifty. I'm going to, at some point, say every position group in this draft is fun to watch. I am excited. I'm excited. Some People way. who listen to the pod will know. In but some way. In some way. I think it'll I'm be I'm going to get a tweet in for all. What, I, I, Dude, you tweeted about, about the receiver class. Like you t- for the quarterbacks, right? The quarterbacks. No one thinks the quarterback class is good. Yeah. Yeah, this quarterback class is, doesn't have the top-end talent of 2021, but, man, these guys are fun to watch. Yeah. It would, it would do numbers. I swear to and God. And even, like, a bad position group, I could be like, it'll be f- fun to watch where they end up. Yeah, yeah, fun to watch where they end up. I like that. I like that. I, I mean, you'll get Jim Nagy's senior bowl quote to me at like 100-100 if you say about the quarterback class because they're all there. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll go off. It'll go off. All right. Lastly, rookie of the week, black of the week, and your cake, your pants moment of the week. Yes, let's get right into it. The rookie of the week. We had a close, hotly contested one, but give it to Kyle Pitts. Moving to second most yards all time for rookie tight end, over 100 yards, caught all six of his targets, but have to throw an honorable mention to our boy Christian Barmore. Six pressures in that Bills game, tried to single-handedly 
do anything for that Patriots defense. He now has 42. You know who else had 42 as a rookie? Care to guess? Which uh, defense stack had 42? I, I saw your tweet, so I can't say. Well, DeForest not, Buckner. No, he oh. had 48. Oh, who was it? Chris Jones had 42 as a rookie. Oh, wow. So, Christian Barmore, I'm not going to take a victory lap yet, but I'm pretty close. That's like you don't see a lot of rookie DTs impacting the pass the way he has. Do you like, think that's he's why I get Parkinson's though. Like how? <laughs> <laughs> how fucked is, is that? Why he fell to the second? Because a honestly, GM had I haven't needed to about... tweet this for a while. <laughs> Jeez, sorry. Uh, blackout of the week though. Also a Patriot, McCorkle Jones, McCork. Mac, forty-six point two, lowest grade game of the season. Like I said, got to find out what it's like to be. A rookie with not a lot of help. Overall grades the last four games, and now one of these games he had three dropbacks, but 51.9, 49.1, 62.5, and 50.5. Yikes. Yeesh. It's been bad. Lowest three of his or four of his five lowest graded games this season. Tough, tough, tough stuff. Cake your pants. Before you give yours, my cake your pants moment was my Christmas dinner. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Shout and Did you pasta. make it? How would you make of that? We made everything together. I helped make. I, yes. I'm like the sous chef. You guys just stare into each other's eyes. Yeah, we stare into each other's share eyes. Share a bottle of wine. We did share a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. No, um, my cake pants was shout out key lime pie for Christmas. I love key lime pie. Was insanely good. Mm. Fresh key limes, ish. What the fuck is a fresh key lime? I mean, at my parents' house, they have them in Orlando. They have a key lime tree. So wait, key lime. I I, I sound like an idiot, but I thought. Wait, key lime's a certain type of lime. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're actually like yellow. They're not green. I just typed in key lime versus regular lime. Yeah. <laughs> then so key lime pie, bomb. Absolutely unbelievable. But also the Roswell Douglas interception. I kind of lost, lost, that was how lost my mind after Roswell that. Douglas. They have been man, a little he's bi. He's been balling out. But I don't, I don't know how it's possible that he played, was on a practice squad halfway through, damn near halfway through a season. Has now two game-ending interceptions, two pick sixes. Uh, it's truthfully mind-blowing that he could play this well after that being the case. I think, wasn't he cut by the Raiders? He was cut he by the was Raiders cut by, like, this everybody. year. <laughs> Raiders cut him, and they have like one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh, dude, Raiders Not blog. Playing. Former Raiders DB cut in training camp. Rizal Douglas named Pro Bowl alternate. That's the type of SEO cheddar that you chase man it's not aaron hernandez levels but it's good yeah. that's going to do it for the tailgate podcast what an absolutely phenomenal so make sure you go to uh what is it called speak pipe speak pipe or go to the uh, slash tailgate or go to the description you can leave for the mailbag episodes coming up Ooh, also you can now leave five stars on spotify if you dm us a verified five star with a question we'll count that as well i like that get on spotify until next time austin gale mike renner tailgate. Oh, 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 oh,